Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This past year, we released a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time, and it's called The Rhythm of Us, and it's available now wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. All right. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode. The first of the year, babe. Yeah. Really excited to be back with you guys. Our kids are finally all back in school. (laughs) Anybody else dancing on the other side? (laughs) I know we are. You know, the break was really wonderful. It's always great to have them home with us, but it is always time to get back to some productivity, to get them back into school and we're feeling good. So we are excited to be back with you guys and um, back for another season. Yeah, and so today we have a really special guest, a couple today, not just one, but a couple, Glenn and Holly Packiam. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you've never done this practice before of getting away with your spouse once or twice a year, just to reflect on the year, talk through together what's working, what's not, what what are the things that you're noticing, all the things. It is so helpful to do. And Glenn and Holly do a really good job of kind of offering a how-to and just offering a structure and a framework to really um, help guide you through that process. So this was such a wonderful episode. I hope that it inspires some ideas for you and gets you excited to do this with your spouse. Yep. I know for me and for us, it's one of our favorite things to do. So this was right up our alley. So with that being said, guys, we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. Here is Glenn and Holly. All right, Glenn and Holly, welcome to the show. We're so glad you guys are here. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's we're just, so excited. It's so fun. Just like your your story and just, you know, Rock Harbor and how our worlds have, you know, this Christian world sometimes can be pretty small. And, you know, here we are. Now Press, that's where we wrote our books through and you guys too as well. So uh, really excited to dive in this project. But first, for everyone out here <laughs> who doesn't know Glenn and Holly, who are you and what's your story and how did you two meet? That's always one of our Ooh, favorites. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I well, I grew up in Iowa in a rural community. Glenn grew up in Malaysia, and we met at a Christian college in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of became friends first and had that initial connection. And Glenn was mm-hmm. pretty persistent. Patience, I, w- I was yes. I was a little more unsure. We were I was eighteen, <laughs> and Glenn was nineteen. We were kind of young, and. Um, yeah well i mean (laughs) yeah there there was some on again off again let's just say that but (laughs) but uh, but it it all worked out we got married uh august 17th of 2001 so that means 21 years yeah being married is pretty amazing we have four kids our oldest is 17 uh sophia 17 norris 15 jonas is 13 today and uh Yeah. yeah the day we're recording this and then jane is 10 and uh, yeah, and we, we were at the same church in Colorado Springs for 20 some years, 21, 22 years for me, 21 years for Holly right after we got married. And we served in pastoral ministry there, yeah. led one of their congregations, New Life Downtown, mm-hmm. for 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, helped oversee and shepherd the other uh, pastors at the other congregations at New Life. And then the Lord really surprised us with a call out here to Orange County. And so we moved, you know, three months ago or so, three and a half months ago. Um, and I serve as lead pastor at Rock Harbor and, uh, three, you know, our oldest is off in college and our other three kids are with us. So that's kind of the sketch, man. That's so exciting. So how did you guys get into ministry when you met and, you know, fell in love and got married? Was that kind of the plan or did you know that was coming? How did that happen? 
Uh, well, when I went to college, I I didn't think so at all. I mean, I went into communications and kind of thought it would go that direction. And then in the course of being at school, sort of felt the Lord prompting my heart to go into ministry and did an internship. So kind of apart from each other, we both sort of felt that call. Yeah. And I, I mean, I felt it early, <laughs> earlier on, like grow, growing up in Malaysia. So I'm a first generation immigrant, uh, but always had this sort of a sense of the Lord's calling towards ministry work in the local church. And it was primarily through worship ministry. So I spent a number of years at college, but then also at New Life um, involved with the worship ministry stuff and, um, you know, songwriting and traveling and that, and that sort of thing. But that was the phase of ministry life where it, it was difficult to sort of be in ministry together. I mean, Holly was always mm -hmm. really involved in mentoring um, some of the people in the college ministry or in the worship ministry. But it's only really been the last 13 years or so that we, you know, as I've shifted over into more sort of a, a lead pastoral type of role that we've been able to kind of experience being mm -hmm. in that together. Well, 22 years. Uh, first off, congrats. Yeah, that's pretty that's awesome. Really 22 awesome. years at one place is yeah. uh, that's that ain't, that ain't nothing. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. So yeah. congrats on um on you guys doing that in this new season. We're excited for you. Yeah. So let's jump into this project. I'm so excited about it. We just mentioned before we jumped on the call that Chris and I just had our kind of annual getaway to reflect and rest and be together and talk about what's working, what's not and all of that. And you really unpack that in this book. So I'm so excited to get into that today with you guys. Might I add, we like to do our annual getaway four times a year. As many times as we can annually. As many times as possible. I think we need another one, baby. I think we need another one. We're up to two a year, but man, we got to- We need to work our way that direction. Yeah, we got to step up our game here. It's not easy, but it's always good. Um, but let's jump into this. You guys uh, have just released a book called The Intentional Year. Um, and you start off by saying that spirituality and intentionality are really connected. And I don't know that that's something that we automatically make the connection on. Can you unpack kind of the idea and heart behind that? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when we think about our life with God, we either have this sort of works performance driven thing or we're so afraid that we're going to get into a works mentality that we go passive and we just sort of say, well, if the Lord's going to grow me, then he's just going to have to do it. And, and, you know, sometimes that might, might uh, express itself as thinking maybe God will zap me one day in worship or prayer. Or I'll go up to an altar call or something, you know, or that you'll just wake up one day more like Jesus, but actually anything that grows in a healthy way requires intentionality. And one of the I mean, the, the scripture is full of these agrarian metaphors of gardening. Holly grew up on a farm in mm -hmm. Iowa. So we kind of latched on to that as like, you have to prune, you have to weed, you have to make sure there's no bugs and you have to cultivate the soil. So there's a participation that the Holy Spirit invites us to have with him in our life with God. Yeah, that's so good. And I loved what you guys talked about at the beginning of the book. You know, Holly, you growing up on a farm, I was mentioning to Chris, one of the things that stood out to me was you talked about, you know, we we hear a lot, healthy things grow. We hear that all the time. But the mm -hmm. truth is that unhealthy things grow. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit and, and how you guys unpack that. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about in part the part of the book where we're talking about just cultivating different rhythms. Mm -hmm. And when we think about, I mean, probably all of us have a lot of rhythms, whether we think Realize so or, or not. not, like yeah. we have yeah. certain things that we do repetitively mm -hmm. or in a schedule. And yeah. so a part of what we're calling people to is to think about what, what are those things that you do consistently in your mm -hmm. life already? What are those rhythms? And then there might be things that, you know, we joke about, like maybe it's taking, maybe there are things to take out and yeah. not just to add yeah. in, like it's 
too much Netflix at night or like what are the you know things that maybe just by Whoops. default we do or and we might need to replace some of those. Well, and that that's the weeds and pruning sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, we are in a rut, if you will. Like we naturally kind of fall into these rhythms, which can sometimes be ruts that we're stuck in. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the book is to say, call time out on your life and and evaluate, are these the ruts we actually want? And are they right. fruitful? And, and like you said, Jenny, like people say healthy things grow. Well, yeah, well, weeds grow too. Yeah. And, and all that <laughs> bad stuff grows too, yeah. That's so good. So let's talk about the spheres of our life. That's one thing you guys unpack in the book. Um, you talk about naming those different circles in our life. Um, unpack those for us. And what are the five spheres that you guys have found in your life? So it starts with prayer. Prayer is one of the spheres. And then it goes to rest, renewal, relationships, and work. And just to, you know, maybe say a little bit about each, like prayer is about our life with God. That's kind of the center, the hub. But rest, I mean, rest flows out of it. Obviously, these things are, they're overlapping. I mean, in some ways, these are, you know, I actually had a designer kind of work up in the book, almost like this Venn, this ultra Venn diagram of five different circles, because they do overlap and they do right. bleed on each other. But your life with God is kind of contingent on regular rhythms of rest. But then rest also relates to renewal, because sometimes people will say, well, well, hey, what are what are we actually doing? I remember one year my spiritual director asked me, he said, what are you doing to actually uh, play, you know, to kind of renew your own sort of sense of life and enjoyment of the world? So prayer, rest, renewal, and then um, relationships is a, a big one. And then finally work, our rhythms of work. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, we joke, seriously, we, we did just get back from having kind of one of these deals. And I think it's just so important. And you know, oftentimes we'll talk to couples and they are like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, have you guys taken any time together? It's like, yeah, yeah, we went on a family vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, First yeah. off, it's not a vacation. Yeah. That's a trip. That's a trip. It's yep. very clear that it's not a vacation. Yeah. Um, the vacation comes when the two of you get the opportunity to get away. And so I think it is wild how um, couples, I, and I think their hearts are good in it, but it, it seems that they just kind of miss this idea that like you have to get away yeah. together as a couple to refresh, to rest, to be renewed and have all this. So kind of unpack this idea, you know, where, where does one even, there's some that go like, yeah, we, we get it. Like we understand it. We have five kids. We're out of here. We need some time together, but maybe there's some that have never even thought about this concept of getting away. Can you kind of unpack why it's so important and how maybe that conversation even gets started as a couple? Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the reasons, as we as we all know, um, that makes it so important is just, you know, we talked about us having kids and some people will see may have kids or may not, but just, just there's such a busyness of life. There's always things mm -hmm. to get done, our to-do lists. Maybe we feel like our brain sometimes is this hamster wheel that's just spinning and spinning and we mm -hmm. can't get off of it. Um, and so I think we can easily just keep going and just do the things we've always done without stopping to think mm -hmm. about it. And so I think in normal life, it's difficult to have long spaces of time to mm -hmm. really connect and process. What are we, are we doing the things we want to do? Like, what are the things that matter most? Yeah. What are our values? Do our, does our calendar actually reflect what our values are? We have that conversation a lot. Sometimes it's no, actually we have to come mm -hmm. back to, these mm -hmm. are the things that are most important or we feel like the Lord's leading us to in this season. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, so getting away, it just doesn't happen unless we have extended time to really yeah. process and pray together about that. Yeah. And, and, and getting away to, to, mm -hmm. to even take your point further, you guys is like, there's that family vacation, which you're right, is more of a trip. You're making memories. You're not resting. Mm -hmm. You're not really connecting. It's hard to talk. 
Um, but it's important and it's memory making stuff for the yeah, family. Right. But even as couples, if you go away, even that can just be like, oh, great, let's just unplug. And that's a part of it. But we began, the rest part yeah, of the it. rest part of it, yeah. it is part of it. But what, what we began to be challenged by, this was probably 12 years ago or so, is to say, actually, how can we add a bit of structure into this? Not, not so much structure, but just a little bit that helps us intentionally, prayerfully review and to say, Lord, mm-hmm. what did we just come out of? Like, what was the last six months like, you know? And then uh, how can we orient and listen and say, okay, Lord, now what is the season ahead so that you're you're not just like I, I said earlier, calling a timeout, but it's not just calling a timeout and like sitting on the bench to stretch the metaphor, um, but it's actually calling a timeout to say, let's watch some film of what just happened, and then let's like let's like plan something for what we're gonna do when we get back in the game. I know sports metaphors, but yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do it. That's I'm so in. good. Yeah, and you guys even talk about bringing your calendar and putting in those practices for the rest of the year so that they actually happen. Talk about what that looks like. Do you do that on your, on your retreat? We do. Um, This is Holly's favorite part of the retreat. I I love to get there because I feel like it won't happen. And yeah, we could come up with a lot of ideas. We could write it down. We could have our, you know, our year laid out different months and trying to space things out appropriately. But if it, for me, at least if it doesn't go in my calendar, yeah. And then I'll invite Glenn to join my calendar. I get all the calendar requests. Dinner so we, with friends. We no. do it on the retreat just so that because we have the time and space yeah, just to yeah. make sure that it happens. Well, it, it is really good actually because so sometimes people have said, well, you know, the word intentions. Yeah, we all have good intentions, but I actually we think there's a difference between intentions and being intentional. Like an intention is just like something you're meaning to do, but to be intentional, you actually have to turn those intentions into rhythms and you have to turn those rhythms into calendar events, you know? So it's not enough to say, I'm going to read my Bible uh, this year. Okay, well, let's take it one step further. I'm going to read my Bible daily. Okay, great. Well, uh, how much? Well, 30 minutes. Okay, well, when in the day? Well, at 7.30 in the morning. So as much as you can do that, you're actually eliminating decisions and lots of people talk about this i mean like uh there's a little bit of of crossover here with like the efficiency world people you know who like is it michael hyatt who says automate certain things like you don't want to wake up every day and be like now when am i doing this and what but it's a similar thing even for friendships like choosing a night of the week that we're like this is the night that we're going to try to uh, make open to, to be with friends now look obviously that ebbs and flows that night may not work for your friends you know uh, but at least knowing where you've created space for it in your calendar, literally, you know, is helpful. Yeah, I love that. So let's get practical for a second. Talk about some of you, you talk about finding the key practices for you underneath these five spheres. Mm-hmm. What are some examples from your life that you guys have found those key practices underneath each one of those umbrellas? Well, I think um, one of the ones that comes to my mind first is practicing Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be in the rest sphere. in the rest yeah. sphere. Um, yeah, it's just it's a practice that we've done for probably maybe close to over ten On years or so. I mean, we yeah, we yeah. haven't. I wouldn't say we've been ultra successful at it. Not that it's about success. It's not about yeah. success. It's yeah. about stopping and mm-hmm. resting and delighting in the Lord and mm-hmm. others. But um, that's a practice that's been really pretty revolutionary for our lives. And we it's been different in different seasons. When we started it, we had really young kids. And we would 
kind of light a candle to, to as a significant way of beginning that. And when all of our kids were together with us, it was easier in some ways to <laughs> really practice together and be together. Um, and then as they've gotten older, it's changed. But I think that's a significant yeah. one that has really anchored the rest of our life because kind of back to what we were saying about scheduling, yeah. I think we also have to schedule rest yeah. mm -hmm. um, because some, at least for me, it's a discipline to do Sabbath. And there are Sabbaths where I feel like I've really followed in the ways that I've, I've wanted to. And then I feel like the Lord's leading me. And there are other times where I don't, yeah. I don't do well. And I end up working on stuff. Yeah. Sabbath is a great sort of concrete <laughs> one under the rest sphere. Um, I, when I thought of renewal, I mean, one of the ones for me was like just carving out time to read um, for 30 minutes, a couple days a week. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I mean, I think I'm at the moment now where I'm longing to have one of these retreats again, to figure mm -hmm. out our recalibrate our new life here in, mm -hmm. in California, you know? Right. Um, but I recognize how, how much that does to rejuvenate me, to renew me, if I can just get 30 minutes away and it's not going to be daily at this stage of, of my life, but where, where can that be? So that's, those are simple examples. And one of the things that's important with these examples is they're not, they're not goal oriented. Like it's not read mm -hmm. 10 books in a year. Um, it, it's they're, they're rhythm oriented, which I love what you guys, you know, talk about. Like like the, the difference between a rhythm versus a goal is a rhythm is meant to continue. It's shaped around your identity. Mm -hmm. It's about who you are, who you're becoming versus a goal is just about achievement. So you're like, I'm going to read the Bible in one year or I'm going to read 10 books. Like, well, maybe. But but what if you just have a rhythm of regularly doing this and that just becomes part of who you are rather than something you're trying to accomplish? I love that. I, I have. I want to follow up on the Sabbath thing. So tell us, what does a typical Sabbath day look like for you guys? I know you said it's kind of changed as your kids have grown, but you know, maybe in this season or what was like a typical Sabbath rhythm that worked really well for you guys as a family? Um, like, yeah, I think we started that process of just figuring out for each of us, like what is, what is life giving? What does it look like to stop? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say like for us, it's in this season, it's Saturdays mm -hmm. and um, our kids are currently not doing too much on Saturdays. Finally, in this season. No use no, no, right now. Just, we, let's just, we were that is a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah. So being in a new place and refiguring things out has kind of given us a gift yes. of oh, nice. reset yeah, and yeah, not having yeah. as much on Saturdays. So I think it it is really being able to wake up leisurely mm -hmm. and um I know what Sabbath it, involves for you. It has to involve a good coffee. Yes, for sure. So I would say, yeah, this a leisurely morning, whether it's like going out for coffee or uh -huh. doing like a breakfast and coffee with yeah. the kids at home. Usually we try to I think preparing well for the Sabbath yes, is a really key. key in it. And that if that's having, you know, the house relatively in good shape or maybe thinking about food, like if I can think mm -hmm. about those things before, that will help us have a more restful yes. Sabbath. Um, I think, you know, we'll talk about maybe doing some kind of a family thing together, yeah. whether that's maybe it's being home, I think, or maybe it's for yeah. us right now getting to go to the go beach. Go to the beach. Yeah, we're like, hey, look, can we go to the beach for an hour together a as a family? Like the, yeah activity to get everybody outside mm -hmm. and just something we can do that's mm -hmm. fun and together. And then, yeah, I mean, we try to do as minimal like meal prep as we can. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. you know go away, but maybe that's preparing ahead for that or yeah. sometimes eating out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, as the kids have gotten older, they have some things they want to add to, which is fine. Right. So I think what we, yeah. what we just sort of encourage is 
okay, but let's all make sure we're resting today. There's no work. And let's have some part of the day that is a shared Sabbath where maybe there's a couple hours where we, we're overlapping together. Mm -hmm. And typically it's the dinner or maybe it's, you know, yeah, uh, uh, an afternoon thing or morning thing. And yeah. I think if, if I wouldn't say we always do this, but what we try to do is if Glenn and I can get even just an hour by ourselves yeah. to a walk to, or something. Yeah. yeah. Walk or just for me, take a nap or read or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Just having that restful time is individually is also really helpful. Mm -hmm. That's good. I just think we should make out. That's, <laughs> That's always his idea. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Let's, no? Okay. Next question. Sabbath practice. Yeah. <laughs> Sabbath delight. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So, okay, let's, um, I, I like the title of this is the intentional year, because I think we can look up and be, have like an intentional month or quarter. Mm -hmm. And then it all just kind of like, <laughs> the wheels start to get right. real shaky, you know? Yeah. And okay. And so I, I think I hope that like, those listening, and I want to hear your encouragement to, to those listening here too to go like, okay, like, I want to have an intentional year, I, I want to have and then I think in the world that we live in, in this American culture, it's just like, well, success and yeah. striving and all of those things are like, no, no, I got to win. I got to win at being intentional. I got to win. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh my, like, nope, we're missing, missing we're point. all missing yeah. the point here. Yeah. So can you just speak to that for the person who's listening here going like, okay, like the pressure's off. Yes. This is what the Lord yes. wants for you. You know, here's some baby steps so you can have a little bit of grace with yourself. Cause yeah. I, cause I, you know, I know there's probably starts from an intentional day with an intentional yeah. week to an intentional year. So just, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts there. I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because this is not another scoreboard. Like this is not meant to be another way of keeping track of measuring yourself. It's really not. It, it's an invitation to partner with the Holy Spirit. So the great thing is it's the Holy Spirit that is in charge of our spiritual formation, of making mm -hmm. us more like Jesus. That's his work. Um, mm -hmm. But the way that the, the mystery of the sort of the gospel is there's always some measure of our participation in it, whether it's our faith or whether it's our our, our planning. And I love, you know, years ago, Dallas Willard, the, one of his famous lines is grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're not trying to earn, like you don't have, don't do, don't do this to impress God. Don't do this to try to get God to love you more. No, 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 no. He already delights in you, but he invites your effort to, to join him in this work. So one of the things we say at the end of the book is like, Honestly, if you just picked one rhythm for each of those five spheres, you would be doing really, really well. Maybe you pick one rhythm for three of those spheres, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and you build that in and then you check back, check back later. Because the, the ambitious thing, especially this time of year, is like, I'm going to rewrite my whole life. You're not going to rewrite <laughs> your whole life, you know, but maybe just try, maybe it's like one or two things. And we've really been impressed with the idea of a keystone habit. There are certain habits that can actually kind of make your whole life sort of snap in a different way. And the retreat, maybe it's maybe it's something like that. You say, you know what, I'm just going to do, we're going to do this retreat and we're going to try to map out one or two things in, in a couple of these areas. And I think a good question to ask is what season are you in? Mm -hmm. Because that, you know, no one's looking at all the areas of life and you know, you're looked to your right and your left and it's not going to be the same yeah, as, yeah. as the person you're talking to. And so I think we can get into this comparison thing of like, mm -hmm. well, with the spouses or friends or I got to be, you know, do, yeah. having five things and yes. all these different spheres yes. of my life. But, you know, for someone who maybe just went through a divorce mm -hmm. and has a single parent for the mm -hmm. first time with mm -hmm. young kids, that season is going to look really different than yeah. someone 
married with really little kids or someone who's just become an empty nester. Or, <clears throat> so I just think that asking that question up front um, is really helpful yes. in really prayerfully discerning what to add or what to take away. Well, I think, you know, one of the things, what's fun is to get to sit across from a couple who just wrote a book together. <laughs> we, we know somebody that did that. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we know a couple who did that. Yeah. And, and oftentimes people, it's the funniest thing. We get asked this question all the time. And it's something that I don't think I ever would have thought about. But um, people are like, how does the book writing process work between the two of you? And how did you guys not kill each other and all the things? So I love to get to sit on this side of the table, the microphone, and ask you, what was the process like for you guys? And at the end of the day, what are you hopeful for that the readers will get out of this book when they're done? Well, Glenn is a very experienced writer. So he's written a lot of books on his own. So this is the first time that we've written together. I think we're very different in how we think through the process of writing. Um, I am a little bit more stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness, flowy. Let's just, this could go here or there. And Glenn's very linear. It. So yeah. I think I would have a lot of ideas and Glenn's like, okay, maybe we take this and put this here and this in here. And so, um, so I don't know if Glenn wants to write a book with me ever I, no, again. I, I, I <laughs> But I, I will. The thing about this one is Holly's been saying that we needed to write this for years. And so, you know, we started doing these retreats, you know, I think about 12 years ago. And we would share about it at church or sometimes on social media. And we'd always get people, not just couples, like single people, people wanted to, mm -hmm. to do something like this on their own or with roommates. And people would say, wait a minute, how do you do this? Like, can you can you give me like the loose structure? And we're, we were always like, no, nah, it's not a formula, you know, blah, blah. But but I realize what we realized over time was it, it, people just they're not lacking motivation, but they need sort of some simplicity of a pathway. You know, mm -hmm. um, oftentimes we're like we're like clarifying the why all the time. And people are like I got the why I just need <laughs> you to simplify the how, you know. Yeah. And right. so the, this book is all about simplifying the how. So we, we've put together these these sort of a sequence of practices that if you walk through them in, in a sequence, you can actually emerge with a plan for an intentional month or quarter or year. And so that's our hope. Our hope is that it'll just bring some a little sort of incremental measure of freedom, a peace, purpose. That's kind of the, the sub yeah. of the book, you know. But it's Holly, you know, that gets credit for saying we should write this. And for years, mm -hmm. I was like, no, nobody would, you know. And then I think, yeah, I think maybe you're right. Maybe this. So it is our hope that it'll be a, a game changer for people. And I think our hope is also just that, as Glenn mentioned earlier, that this isn't about, you know, a to do or yeah. perfectionism or this is the way to live the best Christian life. But our hope is that really people will in, in reading this, like, I want to ha have more of a desire and to connect intentionally with mm -hmm. the Lord, that the mm -hmm. Lord's really the center of yes. all of this yes. and that. Um, they would want to be with him. And then out of that relationship would come ideas and ways to really know him in a deeper way, to be able to, to love him in a deeper way and love others. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I think it is so needed. I'm glad that you talked him into it, Holly, because I think it's <laughs> wonderful. And I'm hoping people will pick it up and that they will take an annual retreat and start a new habit that way. Before we close out, we like to ask every guest three questions, the same three questions. And because you guys are new, it, I thought it'd be fun to ask you guys. So what it, number one is, what's a book that's changed your life? Can think about that for a second. Oh, I see wow. the wall of books behind you. So yeah. <laughs> okay, I know. Um, the second is what's a habit that's changed your life? 
Um, should be pretty easy to find one with your with this book. And then the last one is what is the advice that you would give to the younger you? So we'll start with the first one. What's a book that's changed your life? Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. I mean, that was kind of a game changing book for me. I can't remember when I read it, you know, 10, 12, whatever years ago. And continues to be just the way it reframed Christian hope and then Christian mission in light of that hope. That's that's one for me. I mean, the first there's yeah, it's so hard. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is just being um, a really young believer in my 20s. Um, I read What's So Amazing About Grace mm. by Philip Yancey. Mm. And I think I'd kind of grown up with more of a works mentality. Mm. And just mm. really, I think that book helped me to see what does it really look like to live with grace and mm. the Lord extending that to me? And then how can I extend that to mm. others? Mm. That's mm -hmm. so good. I love that. All right. What's a habit that's changed your life? Um, I, I think sitting with the Lord um, quietly, I, I grew up in a, in a really wonderful, rich kind of environment of charismatic spirituality and worship music and spent a lot of years as a worship leader. So I, I really love that. Um, but I have learned just kind of, especially in the morning or even at night, like head on the pillow, like just a couple minutes of silence and centering and almost like a holy imagination of imagining Jesus right there to start the day and end the day, uh, that has been like just such a beautiful uh, game changer to my day. Um, I would say similar, but I'll go with something different. Um, I think this is the habit of cultivating a rhythm of reading. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up reading some, but really watching my dad do that. I just have this image of him sitting in a recliner at the end of every day <laughs> reading, and he never talked to me about that I should do that, or it was just very much a modeling thing. And so I think I picked that up just by watching him cultivate that habit. And so as I've just grown, um, having, I, I just realized how enriched my life is from being able to read something that will bring new ideas or brings conversation between us and friends. And so that's really life-giving to me. It's good. So good. I never read a book till I met Jenny. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's so true. That a miracle. <laughs> she, she whipped me into shape, though. <laughs> over our shoulders. We have plenty. All right. Last one. What advice would you give to the younger you? I, I wish we had done this. I mean, I said we've been married 21 years, but we've been doing this retreat for 12 years. I wish we had done this um, earlier. Um, but I think related to that is um, take the time to examine your own soul and your own story. I think there's so many things that I was just running so fast um, in life and in chasing goals that it wasn't till later that I realized, hmm, there's some deep, deep sort of below the waterline work uh, that if I paid more attention to where those, those hurts or longings or whatever were, uh, that would have helped our relationship, that would have helped my friendship, that would have helped me just as a person um, so I would have, I would say probably do do that work, that interior work, whether that's with a counselor or not, um, earlier in life. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I would kind of second that and add on. Um, I think just yeah, like seeking. I think we, we tend, I tended to be more reactive, maybe mm -hmm. to or mm -hmm. whatever came my way. I would re reactive or responsive, which mm -hmm. is is great, right? To, I mean, as believers, we it's part of what we're called to do is to respond. But I think I would tend to just respond to life a lot and, or then be frustrated if something wasn't coming my way. And mm. so I would say, um, to take a more, a little more initiative to step mm -hmm. out there to, if it's, you know, if someone's thinking like, I really need a mentor in my life, or I need community mm -hmm. to take initiative, even if it feels uncomfortable to step out there and, 
um, find those connections, find Seek people who people can yeah. walk with you and encourage you along that path. Mm-hmm. So basically you would say be intentional. If I was going to put a word to it, <laughs> there it is. Intentionality. Yeah. And maybe for a year, yeah. I don't know. The in- yeah. All right. The intentional year, it is out. Where can people find you, follow you, get the book, all the fun things. I mean, they can get the book wherever books are sold. Everyone knows where to do that. Your favorite bookshop or Amazon or whatever. Um, Holly's not as active on social media as I am, but we are both on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter for as long as Twitter will last. We'll see. And uh, I'm just there's rumors of its demise. I, I, I think that's exaggerated. <laughs> uh, and then and then um, we'll, we'll post resources and all that on my website, which is glenpacchio.com. We'll link to all of that in the show notes so people can check all of that out. But thank you guys so much again for being here with us today. This was such a gift. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for listening in. We hope this episode blessed you and we would love to hear from you. Uh, Please take a second and leave a review on iTunes. Hit us up on our website, therhythmofus.com or hey, we're out there on social media. Come find us and say hi. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, therhythmofus.com. Also, we're really excited to announce that we had the honor of writing a seven-day Bible plan entitled, you guessed it, The Rhythm of Us. And you can find it on the YouVersion app. All you have to do is go. It's completely and totally free. Seven days for you and your spouse to kind of walk through these five powerful rhythms and watch God do some big things in your life. So with that being said, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. Guys, we appreciate you. We'll catch you next time on The Rhythm of Us.